Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster Mai and welcome to Spotlight with me, Sarah Hendy. On today's programme, we're talking about creativity with Dr Daisy Fancourt. Annie Kizik tells Christy Dehaven about Kirjan Kujak's upcoming album release. We speak to artists at Mother Tees in Laxey. And we have the new single from Francesca May. Spotlight at manxradio.com is the email address if you'd like to get in touch about something creative you're up to. And you can listen again to all of our Spotlight episodes through our podcast on the Manx Radio website. Dr Daisy Fancourt, leader of the BBC Arts Great British Creativity Test, is here first today to explain just how creative activities can be of benefit to us. So we've known for a while that creative activities are beneficial for mental health, but I think we've not really been sure about is how is it that when you're doing a creative activity, it actually affects your emotions. And that's what we were able to look at with the Great British Creativity Test. And we've actually been able to see three very clear ways that creativity regulates our emotions. So it can help us in terms of distracting us from stresses in our lives. It can give us the time and the space to reappraise our problems or think differently about them. And it can also boost our sense of self-esteem and confidence so we see we feel more capable of tackling new challenges. And um, when you talk about avoiding stress, um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering in, in what context, how, how can that be helpful? Well, there can be certain stresses in our lives that are ongoing stresses. So whilst we might be able to find certain ways to help improve them, it's not necessarily going to be helpful just to dwell on them all the time. So it's really good to be able to give ourselves a bit of a break from that. And that's what creative activities can do very naturally. They provide a very immersive, mindful world, uh, for example, painting or knitting or gardening, where you can just forget everything else that's going on and give yourself a bit of a breather. And in terms of um, becoming more creative and encouraging more creative activities in your own everyday life, it can be as simple as sort of mixing up your routine um, and sort of, I don't know, sort of working on resilience, really. It can. And actually, this is kind of the perfect time to be talking about creativity because this weekend is the start uh, of the next uh, Get Creative Festival, uh, where the BBC is partnered with arts organisations across the UK. And we've got thousands of free events that people can go along to sort of try their hand at new creative activities. What kind of creative activities would you encourage someone to sort of take part in if, if perhaps they've been sort of out of the sort of creative world for a little while? Well, I guess it depends what your interests are. What we do know is that doing something that you enjoy is always linked in with stronger benefits for mental health and well-being. Uh, but I think there are there are lots of activities that people can do without having any particular talent for. Like you could you could try your hand at painting for the first time, or you could try and grow something in the garden, um, or you could decide that you're going to start reading a new book. And what we do know from research and from the research that we've conducted for the Great British Creativity Test is that you don't need to be good at things for them to have benefits. You actually, it's genuinely the taking part that counts. We know from research that we see benefits um, from creative activities, both from psychological measures, looking at things like people's anxiety or depression levels, perhaps, or their levels of well-being. Uh, But we also see these results biologically. So, for example, we find reductions in stress hormones and reductions in levels of inflammation in the immune system that are associated with conditions like depression from taking part. And this is really exciting because we're essentially seeing this psychological and biological benefit of creativity from the studies that are ongoing. And although the events for the the festival are taking place around the UK, there aren't any that happen on the Isle of Man since we're not part of the UK, but there are plenty of resources that we can enjoy from a distance. 
there are indeed naturally what we'd also encourage is you can get you can get involved in our new study which is the feel good test and this is this will tell you a lot more about how your own brain works when it's doing creative activities and it'll also help to connect you with other creative activities including ones that are online which the bbc is providing and you can find all of this by going to bbc.co.uk forward slash get creative spotlight brought to you by the isle of man arts council if you heard last week's Sunday soundtrack with Christy T. Haven, you'll remember that she spoke to Annie Kizik of Kurj and Kujak ahead of the group's album launch this weekend. Uh, well, we were trying to work out how long we've been singing together and we do this every now and then and then give up. It's a very long time. <laughs> um, I think certainly we're, he- we're heading towards 30 years <laughs> if we're not there yet. Um, we've, we've been singing together, practising every Saturday more or less, uh, Shows what exciting social life we've got. Anyway, um, we've we've kept to what we've always done, really, which is uh, to try and sing songs in Manx, original arrangements, um, try and root out songs that weren't sung, or perhaps make up some new material to do. Um, that's a bit of an obsession of mine as well. And um, I've got some wonderful friends who are the Kurgeon. That Kurgeon is Manx for friends, and. Um, we're together, which is why we're called Kurj and Kuja, a uh, bit of a, a temporary name while we were trying to think of something cool and catchy when we were young. And we never did, and we're not young or cool and catchy now, so we'll stick with Kurj and Kuja. We are still friends, and we're still practising, and I think it's been 10 years since our last CD. Um, we've done heaps of music since then. We mm-hmm. could probably have, if we got our act together, we've done four or five in that time. But anyway, um, I think we've done quite well to produce something. Um, maybe 11th is when we're launching it. And so just tell us a bit about the, the, the members of the group then, because you're from all different backgrounds, aren't you? And is it the same people in the group now as from the very beginning? Fundamentally, yes, there are a few people who have gone on to other groups and bands or or, or they've left, but we're basically at the same core of people. We've always been a fairly small choir and I think we're probably at the largest number we we um, have been at the moment we're around about 15 or 16 um at the smallest we've been about eight so we sort of go between that at various times but the people who come are very loyal and, and, and turn up well they must be turning up year <laughs> after year um we used to practice in each other's houses when, when well, quite a number of us had children at the same time and we would sort of alternate in houses so that uh, both parents could get a chance to sing at the same time it wasn't a thing that just one of us could do mm-hmm. and we've kept on with that tradition and it's uh, just a lovely like you say sort of family feel to it and the, the idea that it's called friends together it was just absolutely perfect it, it just seems to work really well so the members of the group did they all speak manx to start with or have some of them had to sort of learn manx as they've gone along some have learnt Manx as they've gone along to, to various degrees. Some have become fluent. Some people got interested through singing in Manx initially and then applying themselves a, a little more to that. We've got a fair number of teachers, it has to be said, and um, certainly at the moment, uh, a fair number of the staff of the Bonskol Gilgach <laughs> uh, are singing, uh, singing in this uh, Sing, singing in the choir, as well as doing their own thing. For, for example, my, my colleague Aileen Clegg, of course, is mm-hmm. doing all the stuff with Clash Viewer at the, at the same time, but she, she's still keeping up with this as well, which I'm very glad. We're actually sat in Cultivan at the minute, next to the school where you, where you teach, or spend your days there. Um, and we were just saying, before I started chatting to you there, you were talking about what it was like for you when you were younger. 
and how there really wasn't that interest and excitement in furthering the the sort of Manx culture and keeping that alive. And so it must be really encouraging for you now to to have this this huge resurgence. And like you said, the members of the choir now that are actually teaching Manx and. Yes, it's a real dynamic um, environment at the moment. I never thought that would happen, really. Um, and it's rather amazing to, to know there are many people you come across who speak Manx and you don't know them, or uh, many people working in the musical field doing so with Manx material, often very original things, um, and you don't know them either, but you like what they're doing, or you maybe don't, but there's lots of things going on. So it, 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 it's great to, mm-hmm. to see this happening, yeah. And, uh, you know, we talk about your poetry and, and have done in the past. And obviously there's the, the poetry competition with T. Brown at the moment that, that yourself and Culture Vannon and Biosphere are involved with. Speaking to James Franklin recently about that, saying how that the poetry reaches different people. And it's the same with music, isn't it? Because music, somebody might listen to a piece of music and with Kurjan Kujit that, that is in Manx, but they may not ordinarily come across Manx. And so it's a good way of actually getting it out there, isn't it? Yes, that was really one of the reasons, I think, why I'd, I'd started doing this years ago. Um, I think the idea that song at, the, at that point had to had to be a sort of very rough-sounding um, voice from the corner of a smoky pub, that was sort of the idea of what songs would be like. And there would be people who would automatically run a mile from that. Um, but, of course, music can be all sorts of things and presented in all sorts of ways. Uh, I quite fancied sort of dipping into the idea of um, harmonising and this sort of thing. I didn't really know much about it, to be quite honest, when I started. I didn't really have any huge musical training, but um, friends who were willing to have a go and do this. And we did, I, I think we opened up a different sort of audience. Um, we, we, we've, we've, got, we've got various fans around the island in, in, in different uh, different places and different environments. We get asked to go back and often people say, well, we enjoy you telling us what things are about and we enjoy listening and we're not too worried if we don't understand every word of of the song or occasionally somebody will pick out a word, uh, scathen, you know, heron or something and say, well, is that that word? So, uh, yeah, it's good to make connections and I think that's why we were why we were formed really and I hope we'll keep mm-hmm. doing this. And you've made connections much further afield as well because you've played in different places and sung in different places, haven't you? We have. We've we've been to Ireland. Uh, we did quite well there in competitions. We've um, we've sung and performed in in Brittany a few times. Uh, we were in the north of Spain at one point, but I can't remember what the place was called. And uh, we've we've been in Scotland as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. we've been about with this choir. It's it's good. And it's a beautiful sound you've got. Like you said, it's ten years since your last CD, but this this latest one called Balakilferic. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about some of the songs. Yes, I will. It, it's called Balakilferic in the first place because we thought, well, we need something that people can pronounce, hopefully. Uh, and Balakilferic. How did I do? Oh, you did very well. <laughs> uh, Balakilferic is very, very near where I live, <laughs> and is also the title of one of the songs. So that solved that problem quite quite quickly. Um, the actual the songs we we, we, we perform, uh, actually the minority of them are traditional now, uh, and of course because we sing mainly 
uh, in sort of choral arrangements and not being sung in the traditional way, even if we are singing the old favourites as well. So we have a version of, for example, the Kirifonia actor, The Sheep Under the Snow, but we've got quite a, a sort of upbeat version of that, just to have a change really from, uh, in spite of the, the subject matter of the poor sheep, we've gone for the rhythm really in that one. And um, that's a traditional one. Um, on the other hand, we've looked at some very well, some of the older texts we've got in Manx Gaelic. Um, we've got uh, an old carvel with rather lovely words. Um, Before the heavens were created, what was there? Um, these are words that we have from presumably the late 18th century, but no tune um, as far as we know. So mm. I've made an arrangement, a tune of my own for that, which we've enjoyed. Um and we've got all sorts of, we've even got versions of some of the songs that we taught, well, <laughs> we made up, we being myself and Aileen, <laughs> we made up for the for the school um, school musical about seven or eight years ago. Some of the songs are now <laughs> being sung by the choir in a slightly different way with a few more verses. But uh, yes, yeah, so it's a real mixed bag altogether. It must take you some time to really work out what you want to do and, and how they're going to work together. I don't really think too much about how I actually make these <laughs> things. I, I, I'll, sometimes things come come to me straight and in my head and sort of entire, entirely and I have to quickly rush and try and somehow write down and contain these ideas. Other times I sit at home in front of a piano and uh, mess around. Uh, sometimes words come first, sometimes tunes come first, sometimes they come together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a melody and no harmony in your head, or sometimes you have a harmony and no particular melody. I really don't know how it, I really don't know how it happens, but it just does happen. It's a bit like the poetry, really. I, I just, it's just something I feel I need, I need to do to sit and arrange music um, for choral, for, because I can't really play any instruments properly. But um, yeah, I can. I think I can do something for voices, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, good fun. The voice is an instrument in itself, isn't it? So beautiful city, lovely artwork as well. Um, who's the who's done that painting? It's wonderful. Well, I'm glad you said that. I, I'll tell my sister. You were very pleased, Jenny Kissick. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, my sister did that. Uh, just down the road, you can see out towards the slock behind there, which is a, a sort of version of the view I can see um, from our back garden. Um, oh. And indeed, Balakulferic is is the name of one of the the, the tracks of a song, um, which uh, I, I I wrote from from home, and it was talking about the lane leading up from Colby, or the road leading up from Colby up to the back road towards the slock and the changing seasons. So it's gone down quite well with people who could join in the chorus. So still staying on the Colby theme, <laughs> I mentioned Colby, and um, in the beginning of December, it's it's um, Saint Catherine's Day, uh, Lael Katrina. And there used to be a traditional march through um, march through the village, um, following the the bier on which was laid a dead hen, which would be ceremonially buried. You might have heard of that that tradition. Um, Katrina Maru, Catherine's hen is dead, and that's the name of one of the, the, the one of the tunes um, and a, a bit of a song that that I've arranged here, but using the traditional tune um Catherine's hen is dead and you take the head and I'll take the feet and we'll lay her in the ground it's a bit strange um <laughs> but I like these things that are a bit strange because you can just do them any way you like so that's one that's certain that's a track on uh, that appears with which is more perhaps traditional than Balakal Ferric itself
Oh, lovely. So just let people know then uh, when this is going to be available and uh, how people can get their hands on it. Well, that's a very good question. We better get <laughs> ourselves sorted very quickly. Uh, yes, we're having the launch on, on um, May the 11th. And after that, at some point, presumably in, in that week, um, we will be ensuring that they're in the um, main bookshops and hopefully here at Culture Van. <laughs> and certainly if, if you if you are interested um we will have the information up on the Kurgan Kujik uh, Facebook site and website. You can uh, find out how to get them from us if you want directly. Annie Kizik, thank you very much. Guramayad. Shade of Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. We head over to Mother Tees in Laxey now, where an exhibition of work by Elliot McMahon opened last Friday. I spoke to Valerie Miller and artist Ellen Scott about the art on show. Yeah, it's been really nice to see the contrast this time um, with the the last exhibition. Um, just the sheer the volume of, of the work here. Our last exhibition, it was there was a lot of weight. You know, it took a couple of vans to get it in and out. Um, this exhibition came in a little portfolio. Um, you could carry it with one finger. So yeah, it's nice to see to, to see that contrast. Um, also, I think this exhibition there's a lot of print, so it's very accessible for people who want to buy. I've I've bought three, um, <laughs> and I've got my eye on a few more. Um, yeah, it's um, it's different, and and that makes it really interesting having the space used in all these different ways. Yeah, because we've um, we've seen a lot of Elliot's work on um, on clothing. Um, he's done design for uh, different bands and albums and all sorts of things. It's almost it's sort of I suppose like branching into graphic design in a way. And it's really lovely to see the originals here. It's quite special, really, because I've seen so many reproductions of certain images that it's just it's just really fascinating to see the original and you can see the pen marks which is just brilliant yeah so he, he was saying a, a lot of people uh, follow him on instagram and they see his work on there and i think people are actually surprised that some of them have been done with pen because they've assumed that they've they've been graphic and it's the the style of it so yeah it's it's really nice um super happy to have his work here mm-hmm. and everything that we can see on the walls is for sale alongside some um, prints which as you say are very accessible like i noticed that some of them are just 10 pounds which is yeah. it's just nothing for such gorgeous detailed artwork it, it's um, unbelievable yeah mm-hmm. and these the stickers as well you know they're one pound fifty each so you know pretty much anyone can walk away with a, a piece of local art that really is something quite spectacular mm-hmm. and how long um can we can we enjoy this exhibition for is it something that's going to run for a few weeks maybe yeah so all the exhibitions here uh, run for one month so this will be on till june the third and we've got the next one lined up so, Ellen, you must have been following Elliot's work for a little while now. Um, he's got such a variety of work on show. What have you been drawn to in this exhibition? Elliot's work <laughs> is uh, very inspired by a lot of like cartoon or uh, his music. Um, but he, he also likes to uh, expand on it a bit. Um, Japanese related as well Um, and I I find that I'm very attracted to it in that way because we have similar similar art interests and styles so what is it about 
artwork from Japan in particular that inspires you and makes you want to be creative? Like I'd love to go to Japan to see the culture because it's so mixed with all these crazy things and when it comes to mine and Elle's art it it really brings out the imagination. It's kind of got that spirituality to it as well like um, Elle's exploring um, deities from different religions Um, I can see Buddha there I can see um, Ganesh in the corner I know that he's done work with Shiva in before and I think Japanese work is is so infused Um, a conversation I had not long ago was about how everything is a ceremony and it's kind of everything's infused with that sort of sense of importance almost. Yeah, he he really expresses spirituality a lot. Um, he's a very kind guy as well, which which is his nature comes into his artwork as well and it, it really speaks to you of how he is as an artist and who he is. Um, yeah. We heard on the grapevine that you've done rather well in the art festival already. I mean, we're on day one or day minus one even. Like, I think only Granby Studios is open yet. But at the preview night at the Engine House, um, you you sold a piece for quite a good price as well. Um, and as sort of somebody who's an emerging artist, it must be a really good feeling. It was the biggest shock of my life, to be honest. Um, it, it was just crazy. I mean, it's a really special piece and it almost looks like it could be translated into a tattoo design is that something you do a lot of yeah well i I want to be a tattoo artist in the future i'm currently body piercing at manx tattoo Mm -hmm. um but with with my art it's practicing those different techniques because you don't see enough of that kind of style i mean it is very old now but people are still trying to find new ways to bring it back in um, even though that's just a very classic old school koi it is old school Japanese um, a lot of old school Japanese sleeves that you will see are big, bold, bright in your face and um, I was really surprised when I when I sold my koi so yeah and as, as you can see El- Elliot's already sold some work now which is really good and he- if people want to see more of your work you've got a page on the Manx Art directory haven't you but do you have a website or a Facebook page or anything yes um, I have an Instagram page which is in my normal link bio on my original page so either Ellen Scott Neen or ESK Art 97 um, and my Facebook page as well will have Ellen Scott Neen art and tattoo page so yeah spotlight brought to you by the isle of man arts council and we finish today's program with local artist francesca may's new release fire which will be available to stream and download from this friday
have time for this week but if you want to find out more about anyone or anything featured on today's program head to the spotlight blog on the manx radio website where you'll find all of the relevant details and links i'll be back next wednesday at half past five here on manx radio have a lovely creative week slen you <laughs>